This is Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing a sermon in my husband's series on heavenly authority. The focus is on the office of the prophet in the New Testament church. Last time, Pastor discussed the account of Agabus in Acts chapter 11, whose prophecy informed the church that a great famine was coming. Pastor Greg showed that such warnings are still needed today. And when we left off, he was reading from Deuteronomy chapter 18 about the test for a prophet's genuineness. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken, the prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not, you shall not be afraid of him. Now here Agabus speaks a word, it happens, it's a fulfillment of what he said, and so clearly, and he's speaking in the name of the Lord, not in some name of some foreign God. Clearly, the gift he has comes from the Lord. And even as um, there were prophets in the church at Jerusalem, remember here you have Agabus. Also remember later on at the conclusion of the Jerusalem Council in chapter 15, we read, uh, in verse 22, that they decided to send to Antioch from Jerusalem with Paul and Barnabas of their own company, Judas, who was called Barsabbas or Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brethren. And then in verse 32, now Judas and Silas, they go up to Antioch, themselves being prophets, also exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words, okay? So here you read about two more prophets that come out of that church in Jerusalem. Agabus, other prophets, unnamed prophets that come with him in Acts chapter 11, and then you have Judas and Silas in Acts chapter 15. So there are these prophets at the church in Jerusalem, but there are also prophets then in the church at Antioch. There are prophets in the Gentile Jewish church at Antioch. Remember earlier than the Jerusalem council between the two chapters in chapter 13 uh, in verse 1 we read this when we studied about the apostles uh, now in the church that was at Antioch there were certain prophets and teachers Barnabas we know Simeon who was called Niger Lucius of Cyrene Manian who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And they give you a list of names of the prophets and teachers. And remember we said that it was from the prophets and teachers that the Holy Spirit selected the apostles to be sent out. The apostles came from the prophets and the teachers. How did they come from the prophets and the teachers? We read in verse 2, as they ministered, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work 
to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Having ministered and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, prophecy, right? It came through prophecy. Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And you could have prophecy because you had prophets and teachers in the church at Antioch. So the word of God, the prophecy here was for instruction. It was for selection. It was for guidance. It was for confirmation of the call. Saul had a call on his life about what he would do years earlier, but it was confirmation of the call that came through prophecy. Who they were to send out for this, this evangelical ministry. And don't we need such specific local guidance today? That doesn't pass away. We need to know the Holy Spirit's selection, who is to be sent, where they're to be sent, what they're to do in ministry, in teaching, in bringing the church to the point it should be at. This is not just logos, the absolute, all-applying word of God, but rhema, the individual utterance for specific occasion, guidance in applying the word of God. This word is for everybody. Okay, but now in the church at Antioch, they're all believers of the scriptures. They all want to see the gospel go out. Well, where do we go? Who do we send? Jesus said to go out and preach. And you have these uh, missionary journeys. Who's to go? Specific guidance. The criteria are there. They're not going to just go outside and grab someone off the street and say go. Obviously, there's criteria given in the word of God. But how do we know who specifically? Holy Spirit through prophecy. How important prophecy is in the application of the Lagos to have that rhema, that utterance in the church for specific instances, select situations, uh, and the call of God for particular ministry. It's also seen in the case of Timothy uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 4. And verse 14, Paul tells him, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Do not neglect the gift which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Prophecy. They received the word from the Spirit that this one was set apart onto a very special work. Explicit, distinct information from God who is actively involved in each of our lives and in each of our churches, special, explicit, distinct information. You take prophecy out of the church and all that you're left with are institutional guidelines which might be very good if they're scripturally based and right, but which cannot see into the heart of the individual. And I remember when, when Patty and I were called to ministry work and we were receiving the word of the Lord that this is what he had for us to do many years back, when in a very short period of time the Lord brought to us, right away there was three people and there was more than that, that 
were unrelated to each other. Some never had met us before. On the minute they, but they had, they were believers that were prophets and had the gifts of prophecy. And they gave words of confirmation immediately about the call the Lord had on our lives. And confirmation is one of the important parts of the prophet's role. It's not that someone stands up and says something and you say, well, they said it, so it's got to be true. And we're going to see, not today, but we'll see as the Lord wills as we go on in the series how you're supposed to test what's received. But rather, it gives you confirmation. Paul knew, Barnabas knew. Barnabas knew the call on Paul's life. He went and got him, right, and brought him to the church in Antioch. But when others receive prophecy to say, this is what we have for you, Paul, and for any work of the Lord, even on the level of the pastor or the local elder or teacher, when God gives you confirmation through his spirit that this is what you're supposed to do through others, that builds confidence. That helps you through the battle. They went on missionary journeys, and there were some very difficult times. And I'm sure they remembered back to the words the Lord spoke to them directly and the miraculous confirmation he gave to other people in the church at Antioch that they were doing the right thing. When the word of God is spoken through the prophet and confirmation, that's a tremendous help. You take that out of the church, and all you have are the rules of, well, maybe we'll appoint this one, or maybe we'll try that one, or that person should be good in this position. Maybe they are, but isn't it much better when the Holy Spirit speaks, and then you have the utterance of the Lord. And if you take prophecy out of the church, you take away that confidence, you take away that instruction, you take away the mind of God revealing specific information to that local individual body. And then you have problems. It's a miraculous thing when the Lord works through other individuals to tell you the exact same thing he's been telling you. And there's no way they could know it. There needs to be, and we've, just, we've seen many reasons over the last few weeks, there needs to be the office of the prophet in the New Testament church and the gift of prophecy. That's why Paul clearly, if you look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, clearly states, no doubt about it, to the church, the Christian church, it's made up of Jews and Gentiles at Thessalonica, to the letter to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, do not quench the spirit. Command, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Verse 20, do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. You're supposed to test. We are called to test, not to just blindly accept because many false prophets have gone out into the world, and we'll speak about that. But just because there are those who abuse, the nature of the church is, well, let's just forget about this thing called prophecy, because remember that incident we had several years back when that person stood up and they said this, this, and this, and it didn't line up with Scripture? Well, there are sinful people. There are sinful people outside the church. There are sinful people in the church. There are people that come in like ravenous wolves looking to devour. There are people that just don't know what they're doing. 
because of that, you don't quench, you don't put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. You don't despise prophecies. You don't treat them with contempt, it'll say in some of your translations. Very clear. And if you're making a whole creed to say, well, those things have gone away, you're despising prophecy. You're quenching, you're putting out the fire of the Holy Spirit because it's more convenient for your church to not have to deal with those things. And really what you're doing is you're cutting your church off from the mind of God for that individual utterance that you need to enhance, to go along with the teaching and the preaching and the knowledge of the Word of God, to give specific direction, Holy Spirit guidance. You go here, you go there, don't do that, do this. This one is called to serve in this office, this one is called in that office. The gift of prophecy, Paul makes it very clear. I can't see how that can be explained the way. Do not despise prophecies. And he says it to a New Testament church. And the fact that the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed and John completed the book of Revelation in Patmos a few decades later, I don't believe changes the scripture, the application of the scripture for today. With the churches closed because of the coronavirus, Pastor Greg and Associate Pastor Francis David Scalzo have been live streaming their Sunday messages at 10.30 a.m. on the new Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel. You can use the link we have placed on the shiarjeshub.org homepage. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub.